Welcome to KC Corner, episode 56, with a special guest today. Very special guest. <laughs> I cannot believe I have my very own, my favorite sister, Allison Argersinger. <laughs> Hopefully your only one. She is my only one. <laughs> and, uh, in the house tonight, and uh, she flew in yesterday from New Jersey, and I love the fact that she came out and watched me play hockey at 9.30 last night, mm-hmm. and I thought of... All the games that she has sat through from Pop Warner football and Little League baseball and, you know, basketball mm-hmm. and uh, everything I did that my sister supported and which was just fantastic. I thought she probably thought she was off the hook. She didn't have to come watch some 55 year old man go out and play hockey, but there she was. All those times great. watching you on the bench, riding by. Uh, exactly. I didn't, wasn't <laughs> on the bench. And uh, the penalty box. I was in the penalty box last night. So, oh, no. uh, yeah, a little bit of a fighting minor. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just Got kidding. a little black eye for Sunday. <laughs> but how about your team? Your your pitcher throws a no-hitter. Yep, and you Tuesday guys night we were playing Lake Howell, and our pitcher throws a no-hitter in a losing effort. Oh, nothing. So You know, there's something about life right there. No matter how hard you try, we all fall, fall short of the glory of God. <laughs> it it you know? was. It was. So we're back at it Friday. We can see if we can repeat that and maybe score some runs. What's your team ERA? It's probably pretty low. We had a, we had a shutout streak of four games. Uh, then we gave up six in the game last week, then one to this week. Were so people asking for your resignation when they gave up six? Yes, after? absolutely. There are there signs out there. The it, pitching was coach. it was bad. No, seriously. I <laughs> had to I, avoid the media. I don't want to tell you this. I don't want to get that big head, but I think I'm hearing rumors of coach of the year. So it's, uh, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I'll have to keep it up, though. Yeah, and by the way, I see that you're wearing uh, your Toronto Blue Jays shirt, and yes. our man Forrest Wall hit a home run in spring training yesterday. That's news to me. That's good. Yeah, I was yeah, check. I saw he was leading off two days ago, too. He was, and then he went one for one with a dinger yesterday. Let's go. Let's, Let's go, go. Let's go, Fo. Awesome. awesome. Nice shout out to him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, we can get to the good stuff now. Uh, that wasn't the good stuff first? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the glory days. Yeah, exactly. Um, what you meant to say. Uh, you know, again, what a what a joy, privilege. I am the resurrection and life. Uh, Jesus is, in many ways, Jesus' greatest earthly miracle uh, of raising back to life Lazarus, the one he loved. And you, know, and you come to a passage like John 11 that is so incredible. It was, it was at a point, again, where many people would believe. How do you not see that? How do you not see somebody walk out of the grave and not say, man, this has got to be the Messiah? But incredibly, the religious leaders said, not only do we don't believe, we got to shut this down. I didn't talk about that on Sunday, um, but it was it was interesting because they said, listen, if this continues, the whole world's going to believe. And uh, uh, which isn't that an interesting thing? I mean, mm-hmm. that's what God has promised, that his glory is going to fill the earth and, you know, every tribe, tongue and nation. But they wanted to shut it down and kill him because they're like, hey, we, we're going to lose what we have and we're going to lose what we have to the Romans. But, you know, in that passage... Two big things. He weeps over death um, because he shows how much he loves. And uh, he cries out a victory over death because uh, it's not the way it's supposed to be. But what I really didn't emphasize a lot, and I, what I wish I had said or hoped to say, or uh, what, what was meant it? To say. Meant to say. Yeah, yeah, I thought that didn't sound right. It was uh, um, Hope to have said. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe get the right grammar here, you know. So uh, um, was that death precedes life and I really was impressed upon the Holy Spirit really pressed that upon me during the study time it's just like uh, you know whether it's uh, an acorn that will have to die in the ground before it becomes an oak uh, or the fact that even in Christianity for us to really get there is for us to die to ourselves and to to live to for Christ and 
um, to find our life in Christ. And so, you know, he didn't come saying, I'm the life and the resurrection. Uh, he came to say, I'm the resurrection and life. And, and maybe I'm making more of that than there should be. But you really, there had to be a death of uh, uh, God's son, Jesus, our savior, before there could be life and life abundantly, before he could open up paradise. And it's true for him and it's also true for us. And I thought even relationally, there's such power of dying to yourself and living for the Lord and for others, you know, loving the Lord your God and loving your neighbor as yourself. And I think of uh, my incredible wife, Katie, and our 33 years of marriage, almost 34, of of the, when things, when I, when I do things a, a little bit closer to the right uh, is really when I'm so much less selfish, when I make it less about me, which I love it, as you know, Brooks, about me. <laughs> and, you know, and there's so much of that where the focus is so inward. Um, but when you can die to yourself and really live um, to try to, to help uh, another, you find life. And, and I don't know, it goes the way of Jesus. It goes the way of the gospel. And it's so much, so much better. So that's what I meant to say. And uh, um, but there's such great things in that resurrection in life. Yeah, just thinking outside of yourself and doing things, you know, for others, not for thinking about yourself, like how great I am because I'm doing this for someone, but just <laughs> no. doing it for the joy out of your heart and yeah. to see the smile on their face, whatever you're doing is just makes you feel better. Well, you know, I, the, the, the heart is incredibly deceitful and, and we could do anything, even the most noblest of tasks, turning back to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, and I think that's going to be a struggle all the way home. But there is truly the way of the gospel in Christ where uh, Kelly wrote a little incredible book, The, the uh, uh, Self-Forgetfulness. What was the, uh, not the grace of self-forgetfulness, the joy of self-forgetfulness. I think, I think that's it. <laughs> if not, he should have written it. He should have entitled it that. So. But it's <laughs> just book. so good. The more that we really have Jesus in the, in the crosshairs of our life and others it's so much better our weekly tim keller shout out yeah gosh hard not to miss look at that. i got a new book of his I, I saw that on the hope table in there. times of fear it's about the easter story it looked so. like a brand new book yeah exactly <laughs> so what you hope to say this next week well uh we are in, we are into john 14 which is i am the way the truth of life very famous verse and it's part of what they call the upper room discourse uh the gospel of john very interesting the first 12 chapters of the gospel of john uh are going to be about his whole life and then the rest of the entire book from really 13 to 22 is on the last week of his life it kind of slows everything down brooks it's just it's so it's so weighty it's so incredible of what really took place in that upper room and and the conversations and the prayers that jesus had and the promises and and the things he said so this is part of the upper room discourse and again he's going to say hey listen guys don't be afraid uh, you know don't don't fear the future I got you. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And uh, uh, and they're like, well, well, wait a minute. What do, you, what do you mean? We don't want you to leave. And uh, which way do we go? You know, we don't know which way to go. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, hey, I am the way. So uh, we're going to unpack I am the way, um, the truth and the life. And what is what what how he and he alone can help our way of present, past and future and how he personifies truth. And he certainly personifies life. And so very familiar passage but what i really hope to say is is if we can get the context if we can see jesus if we can join him in that upper room and be with those disciples and just uh hear that last message i mean this is mm -hmm. this is the newt rockney of all locker room talks this mm -hmm. is this is the uh this is it this is like all right guys um the end is near and 
we're not going to have the same relationship going forward, but don't fear. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of a college basketball game. You know, all the, the first part of it flies by. You get to those last two minutes, teams are fouling. Exactly. And that's, that's the important part there. We exactly. slow the game yeah. down a little bit and, you know, get down to the important part at the end of the game and end of Jesus' life where he talks about a lot of different things. And, with, and he, you know, obviously that he came to die and uh, everything about his life pointed to his sacrifice. And, uh, you know, there was humiliation is the word that um, theologians would use. He was humiliated throughout his entire life just by God taking on flesh and experiencing hunger and, and thirst and all the things, temptation of the world. And But that humiliation would lead to a Roman cross. Also, the Father would exalt him so we could be exalted as well. And so, yeah, it really, it really did. I mean, uh, uh, even if you think back to Luke, it's talking about when Jesus was born that a a sword was going to pierce Mary's heart. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Mary's going to going to have to suffer uh, because this is the suffering servant, and this is the one who um, was born to die. But hey, someone should say that death precedes life, right? So, some should say that. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, well, we can get to the important stuff now with our interview with your sister Allison. I'll pass the mic over to her. All right. Well, this is what a joy. Uh, she doesn't look older than me, but she's my oldest sister. I'm the youngest of three. So this was Allison Lee Jakes growing up, L-E-I-G-H. Uh, now Allison Arger Singer, Allison Jakes Arger Singer, who's a... Uh, She's a superstar, Brooks. I mean, this is this is incredible. My brother and me, uh, I think us, I had a up together like half my sister. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, hey, love to have you here. Thanks love for being me here. here. You, you know, in person, in not person. listening to my earbuds. Earbuds, typical Jakes. It gets that a little bit wrong. They're AirPods, but uh, but no, uh, not mine. Actually, mine are regular old with the cord. Oh, that you, plug you in. do have those. So so uh, okay. Well, you know, it's once awesome. again, trying to collect, yeah. correct my sister it didn't work. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, hey, Allison, thanks for joining us. A uh, couple things for you. I, one of the things I love is when you first came to church when I became a senior pastor or started to preach. And so, uh, and just how you reacted to that. Can you can you kind of share what that was like as my older yes, sister? Yes, yes. Growing up with Jeff, we've I've, I asked our mother when I already had a brother. And when I found out that I was going, that I had another brother, I... Um, <laughs> talked to her on the phone in the hospital and asked her not to bring him home. <laughs> and I'm glad fortunately, she, she didn't listen to me because yeah. the moment that she brought him home, uh, I fell in love with him and we have been like best buddies ever since. But um, mm. I have all the memories of the crazy things like when I um, dressed Jeff up in elementary school for Halloween as a cheerleader and he won the prize for the prettiest. I got the prettiest. Yep, he I did. beat all the princesses. He beat out all of the little, you know, girls. He yeah. got the prettiest. So uh, I'm thinking, and all the boneheaded things that I don't think I'm going to share. We will have time. I might lose my but, job. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, well, the one time he was, we went miniature golfing and he was just practicing the swing, waiting for us to start. And he, did a backswing and hit my friend in the head and almost gave her a concussion. So there are all these memories I have. So when I sat in church and Jeff was preaching and I looked around and people were taking notes. I'm like, (laughs) oh my gosh, people are taking notes on what Jeff is saying. And I didn't know whether to um, laugh and say, let me tell you, or cry because I was so proud of him. But Uh I love sitting... um, in Jeff's services or listening online because 
you've really grown a lot since that previous <laughs> award, JJ. Hey, we both had an incredible godly mom, and and not 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 to throw dad under the bus. He was awesome as well, but. You know, our, our mom was an amazing lover of Jesus. And, she was. and you carry on that spirit, which is just absolutely incredible. And love you so much. So, love yeah, my too. big sister. Love you too. Hey, you know, your life of, you know, you're the oldest of three, and you have had a struggle that my brother and I have not had. I, I had a heart attack a few years ago to try to catch up, but. Um, <laughs> But you, you were diagnosed with cancer, um, and when, what year were you diagnosed with cancer? 2006. I was, well, 46, and then I just turned 47 before the um, surgery. I, we had four kids. The oldest was a freshman in college, and the youngest was six years old. I remember they originally thought you had ovarian cancer, if I was correct. They did, and, yes. Uh, I remember we all held our breath, but you you wound up having something different, but it's a very rare cancer. ESS is the acronym. Yes, endometrial stromal sarcoma. Very rare. Actually, yeah, my my family practice doctor hadn't really even heard of it. It was so rare, but... um, See, you're you're in rare I am. I'm left-handed, colorblind, green-eyed, one recessive gene. Yeah, you're awesome. Listen, you're one and the only, and... Former president of Kappa Delta Sorority, entire national, so proud of her. So anyway, <laughs> hey, a little shout out. Um, so Allison, um, when you were diagnosed, I mean, again, out of absolutely out of nowhere, you you didn't have anything that. No, I let, can I tell you a little bit about that? Yes. I I was um, I I just didn't kind of feel good, you know. I but I couldn't put my finger on it. But I was always healthy. Never got the flu. Never got. I mean, really, the only time I was ever in the hospital was to have a baby. But mm. there was this t- period of time when I just had this sense of foreboding. Mm. And I couldn't sleep. And I, I was in a women's prayer group. We call ourselves Women of the Well. And I, I kind of shared with them, I just, I don't know, I just have this foreboding. I don't, I don't know what it is. And so one night, my whole household was asleep. And I just couldn't sleep. So I got up and I went to the computer and I listened to um, Chris Rice's, uh, um, what is it, Untitled Him? or Yeah. Um, but it's a song, Come to Jesus. Oh, yeah. And I just listened to it and I, I didn't hear God audibly speaking to me, but I felt in my heart in my that he, that we were having this conversation and he said to me, um, Allison, are you willing to take whatever my hand has for you? And I said, yes, God. And then I started quickly trying to think of all the things I really didn't want to do that I <laughs> sure. could like offer him. Yeah. And I said, I will adopt children. And he said, Allison, are you willing to take whatever my hand has for you? Mm. And I said, um, I, yes, I will be a missionary. And he said, Allison, are you willing to take whatever my mm. hand has for you? Mm. And I finally just said, not my will, but your will mm. awesome. be done. And I I said, yes, Lord, I will. Not knowing, not bargaining, mm. you know. And, and you had I, no idea what that was. I had no idea what it was. And I a peace came over me mm. and I went to sleep. Wow. So... It was about three days later I found out what it was. Wow. And it was this rare cancer stage four. 
And so um, I went back to my Women of the Well prayer team. They prayed over me. And um, so it, what ensued was a trip from Tallahassee to Shands. I had this incredible surgeon. She did took a lot of parts out of me. Um, what was How long was the first surgery? Was it 12 hours? The first surgery wasn't that long. It was like six hours. Even though she did hysterectomy, appendectomy, omentomectomy, yeah. I don't know what alzectomies there are <laughs> to do. But, um, yeah. And then about a 10-day recovery, and then I was home. And I was blown away by the love of people. Friends had gathered together, together and made me a notebook that they gave me before we left for Shands, and it had family and friends, notes of encouragement, scripture, just filled in this like scrapbook. It took me the entire two hours from Tallahassee to Gainesville to read it. And I felt so equipped and so loved. And when I got home, we drove in the driveway and I thought, whose house is this? It had like landscaping. And my (laughs) friends had like done my garden. Mm. We walk in. They'd cleaned out my refrigerator. How mm. humbling. If you ever saw her refrigerator. I know, what true. Jeff has mercy. seen many a black <laughs> banana in there. But it was, it was they, they scrubbed, they did the laundry. Mm. They, mm. every part of my house that I had left in a hurry to go mm. have surgery was, mm. they had even taken our double bed, which they knew would be too small for a woman to recovering, for, and made it into a queen. So, I mean, somebody came in and did that. So it was, we were loved so well. The cards, meals, weeks of meals, mm. the the notes, the calls, the visits, the massages, mm. the foot rubs. And I remember thinking, God, I can't take this anymore. Like, the, the love of these people is killing me. <laughs> and he said, Allison, these people aren't very good at loving. And I said, Lord, I just feel like they're doing a really good job. And he said, I just want you to know that compared to my love, their love is like a raindrop and mine is like the ocean for wow, you. Wow, wow. And that just blew me away. I wow. kind of got the, a glimpse wow. of how much he loved me. Wow. Even though I was going through this hard thing, mm. I was overwhelmed by wow. how much he loved me. And through that, I just want to say this. I um, Right when I got the diagnosis, he said, Allison... I felt like he was almost like holding my cheeks in his hands. And he said, keep your eyes on me. Don't look on the internet. Don't go think you need to find some journal article. Don't talk to people. Just keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. I've got you. That's incredible. And so that's what I did. And uh, so to make a long story short, uh, the surgery was successful. There's high grade, which is fast growing, low grade, which is slow growing. They Mine was low grade, praise God. And Mm. they put me on some hormone for six years and then it came back. And then I had another surgery. Luckily, you have a lot long intestine because I've had four. And so it's returned three times. Um, But right now I am almost three years past the last one, which is great. So um, I remember the the, the mantra. So I think jumping in here, that first surgery the first time around you guys uh, tom your beloved husband and and um your family you guys had a mantra if i remember correctly maximum glory maximum glory yep my my 
through this may may Christ receive maximum glory. And you, Jeff, were a major part of that mm. in um, just encouraging mm. our family, mm. not just me, but our kids and mm. Tom and no, mom and dad. Honor. Everybody, we you know, you anointed me with oil yeah. and you, Katie. You guys came to the hospital and. Well, it was such a privilege. It really, really was. And I, I'm glad I was there in New York when you had your... Oh, that was your last surgery. Yes, that so, was almost so, three years ago. Um, un- unbelievable. And then you decided to have a brain tumor on top of that. And, and uh, then also this trigeminal neuralgia, which uh, if you ever Google that, that's not a good... That's a very difficult thing. So how in the world? What did you do? I don't know. It's really... I mean, when somebody now, they're afraid to tell me if they have some a headache because they're like, oh, what am I doing talking to you? You, you know. Yeah. But um, yes, trigeminal neuralgia. I don't know where that came from, but it's uh, called the suicide disease because it's the worst pain known to man. Mm. And it really almost was, it really was worse than cancer. But praise God, that's under control now. So they, they for uh, he has a purpose. For yeah. me, and um, we'll and, see what that is. And after all that, God rewards you for living in New Jersey. I know. <laughs> then he sends me to New Jersey. Um, listen, world? for all those who listen to Jersey, well, I guess it's only my sister probably, <laughs> but uh, it's a nice place. Katie and I live there as well. So um, that's overwhelming. I mean, just overwhelming how personal your God became during that journey. And, for sure. You know, same for, for mm. Katie as well, just to... There were times when you talk about, you know, you really felt like Jesus took your face, uh, you know, just focus on me. I mean, what a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. picture. Katie had some very similar things when she went through her cancer journey. But, you know, the way home is going to be through suffering and trials. And, and right. it's, uh, um, we live in a broken and fallen world. And think of the things that you never would have experienced if it wasn't for this ESS, if it wasn't for... Um, and I, you know, again, I don't know, not, not just to spin it. Cause it's been hard. It's been difficult. It's been dark at times. And it's been, you know, there were plenty of times it just, I want people to know there were plenty of times we cried out why God, you know, there's, it felt piling on. It felt unfair. Sure. It felt, felt I, cruel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, um, I think for all of us, but you know, there was a time like, Oh, we, wouldn't it be great if Allison could ever be a grandmother? And guess what? You're a grandmother. Right. I mean, when you have a six-year-old, I remember that when I got the cancer, when I woke up out of the anesthesia and the the doctor said, Allison, it's cancer. I said, oh, shoot. <laughs> That's what yeah. my first response was. Because, And I, I said, I have a six-year-old. And I thought, I, Lord, please let me see her graduate from high school. Well, not only did she graduate from high school, I've seen her. Then I'm like, can I see them all get married? They all got married nice. the last two last year. I'd love to be a grandmother. I'm a grandmother with one here and one on the way. And it's awesome. And the, what the fruit it's born in my family is pretty profound too. I mean, yeah. I think my kids are more merciful now <laughs> to others mm. and understanding and empathetic to those mm. who are suffering. Sure. Because they can know what it's like. Yeah, it's for sure. Interesting. And the fruit of the ministry God's given you, and you have such amazing friends. And you, I, I think that when somebody has amazing friends, it says a lot about who they are. It really, it really points to the way they love. Um, and by the way, 
Um, my sister is probably the best storyteller in the family. I always thought I had that recognition, you know, but man, she can tell a story. You've heard some of it today, but she lights up. She can animate a, a story, light up a room. And I, I love it, love it, love it. And I think she was so godly. She deferred to me as the youngest who always wanted to get the center stage at the dining room table. Either that, <laughs> I just wasn't going to compete, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, you know, God has given you not only an incredible group of friends that you're going to go see here while you're in Florida, but he gave you a ministry through what you loved as your sorority of Kappa Delta. And I know that, that that's been an incredible platform for you as well. I mean, I know um, even in the midst of your trials and struggles, um, Jesus just put you out there as an ambassador, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I... I never dreamed that I would just and through the health stuff. I mean, he, I, I was the national president of Kappa Delta sorority. I mean, that is an honor and a responsibility that few women get. And um, so now that I don't have that responsibility, I'm leading a small Bible study nationally of Kappa Deltas from Oregon to Ohio to Georgia to New Jersey to it's awesome it's it's very cool and you know what he really used more than anything is your weakness I mean and something you couldn't control I mean you know he uh the, so think of the ways that you see Jesus differently because of you've been in the depths and think of the way you are the aroma of Christ to others because you've been in the depths and think of the hope that you bring to others and Again, no, none of us want to go through cancer. I mean, that, that C word, none of us ever want it. And trigeminal neuralgia and a brain tumor. I mean, it did seem like piling on. But God's been good through all of it, you know. And it's, uh, it's, it's your story, and it's beautiful because it's his story. And it unfolds, and it has the blood of Christ and, you know, the righteousness of Christ. And it's awesome. And I'm just so proud of you. I've learned so much and been strengthened so much from the journey with you. So Yahoo, Thank my you, favorite Jay. sister. And Bill, you're my favorite brother. And so uh, <laughs> it's nice being the youngest of three. I got one of each. So And, and Brooksy, you're my favorite Casey uh, corner partner. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, uh, um, all right. I think that that's a uh, I think that's a good Brooks. I think we could wrap up there. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thanks Allison. for joining us. That was awesome. Hey, it's pretty amazing. That was an amazing story. Yeah, amazing story. I only knew about the brain uh, tumor stuff. I didn't realize all the cancer. And you didn't? Before. No. Uh -uh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah, that 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 was the beginning of it. The brain stuff came later. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I, I tell you what the doctor said when they went in there and saw her brain. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. So, uh, she's still my sister. You know? <laughs> So who do you think's better looking, Brooks? I mean, seriously. Uh, I don't so, know. So, man, so, man, so. I think it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't he, say he in front asked, of her. He asked um, the hockey players. Yeah. But he asked the waitress once which one of us looked. One of us was younger, one was older, and she picked Jeff as the older. Oh, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't color my way, hair. Way more so, gray. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, hey, listen, guy, Casey Cornerland. Thanks so much. What a joy it's been to introduce you to the people I love um, over the last, I don't know, 56 56. episodes, and uh, man, my sister's here, Yahoo! <laughs> we'll see you guys Sunday. Looking forward to it. <laughs>